Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Mickey Bark Podcast. I'm your host alongside Kristen. Jesse is out this episode. She's going through some stuff and we are thinking about her. We love you, Jesse. Just wanted to say that real quick. Love you. But regardless, welcome to another episode and this is going to be fun. It's just Kristen and I and we're going to talk about living with the land for an hour. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're not going to do that. But maybe someday. Maybe that's a good idea, though. So let's write that down in our notes yeah. that we should do that. We should like battle royale yeah. style. If you're new to this podcast, uh, my name's Jared. And uh, I'm going to introduce myself like this is like a meeting. My name's Jared, and I don't really like living with the land. And Kristen really loves living with the land. And now it's going to become an endless running joke. It's never going to go away. Yep. So that's the way it is. But anyways, welcome to this specific episode in this episode is episode number 23, which is pretty crazy because like, that means we're like, really, we've been doing this for a while. Like this is kind of- Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's happening. Things, things are happening. But basically this fun filled episode is all about Disney's Animal Kingdom because on Saturday, which by the time this episode comes out, will be tomorrow, Saturday, the 22nd of April, will mark the 25th anniversary of Disney's Animal Kingdom. So this entire episode, we're going to take a deep dive into Animal Kingdom, the history of it, how it came to be, everything about it from the lands to the, you know, fun merchandise, the fun themed restaurants Mm -hmm. and dining options and characters and shows and everything in between. But before we do that, as I always like to mention this episode and every episode of the Mickey Bod podcast is brought to you by Mickey Travels. And I will talk more about Mickey Travels later on in the episode. But Kristen, how are you doing? How's your week going? How is how is Good. life? It's, it's hey, listen, every day we show up, we're living the dream. Now, I'm not feeling great today. As you're watching on YouTube, you can tell because I don't have ears on my hair is kind of a hot mess. Um, but um, I would not leave you guys alone with Jared. I just would never, never do that. So I'm. It's <laughs> very nice of you. Here. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm good. How are you? How is life? I, How are things? Well, I got to say, I'm just glad that you're thinking about our listener or listeners um, <laughs> when you say that, that you, uh, that you didn't want to leave them alone with Jared. Cause I was thinking about that. I was like, man, what if I ever hosted this show completely alone? Just like me talking about Star Wars or Disney yeah. into the void. I feel like though Jesse and I wouldn't help you if we had like a Star Wars themed episode or any like that that we might be here physically, but like <laughs> that would, would basically re- be like me alone. Yeah. You would just basically be doing that alone. So or, or any of the lovely things that are on the back of your wall there, you know. Yeah, the, the Jones that look and like Marvel stuff. Jesse and I are kind of halfway there, but you know that would that would really just be alone. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you know, we all got our things, but it's all right. Anyways. Let's dive into our episode today. We're not going to do yes. a segment on Disney news. We're going to just do it all on Animal Kingdom. So yeah, well, the news is really Animal Kingdom. I mean, that's, that's like that really a huge. Yeah, I mean, I was there today um, because there's just so much going on there this week that we don't want to miss anything because th- yeah. that's where it's all going down. <laughs> yeah, they got so basically for the 25th. Uh, anniversary. Obviously, Saturday, the 22nd, for those of you who are listening or watching, will be the very big day. That'll be the official anniversary day. Mm -hmm. Moana is set to make her debut as a meet and greet character at the park. Which is huge. Very big. And she's supposed to stay and stick around going forward. So lots of people love Moana. It's one of the biggest properties that Disney has. Um, 
And the other day, actually, I was at Animal Kingdom um, yesterday, believe it or not, not the other day, sorry, uh, losing my mind a little. But it's yesterday, I was, I was uh, also there because we got someone every day this this week as Kristen was there today. And I was there and I spoke with the family and, you know, after speaking with uh, the mom and letting her know that I work for a Disney blog, she was like, oh, anything cool coming up? And I let her know that Moana will be here on Saturday and her three little girls like lit up and she was so excited. Like people love Moana. So that's going to be a big deal. And we'll talk a little bit about the 25th later, but um, all week long from the 16th to the 23rd, it's an entire week long celebration where basically animal kingdoms bringing out rare characters, uh, flotillas, all those sort of things to celebrate. And, um, and these past few days, which, uh, Kristen saw today and I saw yesterday, they had Jane and Turk at animal kingdom. So that's pretty cool. But either way, obviously a gorgeous park. Um, and we're going to dive into why, you know, it's whole journey to here, why it deserves the love that it has. Um, and and everything in between so so let's jump right in shall we uh basically little history for you fine folks 25 years means that this park opened in 1998 i know mathematics and it opened on april 22nd 1998 led by a golden era of imagineers and especially joe roadie joe roadie many of you guys might know but he is basically the godfather of Animal Kingdom. He was the first one to approach Michael Eisner with this idea of an Animal Kingdom park that is completely based off of animals. And famously, the rumor is, the ideas behind it are that Rody brought a 400-pound Bengal tiger into the meeting with Disney CEO Michael Eisner trying to pitch this idea, which I think is hilarious, honestly. And uh, I, I think... It's it's funny because it's like threatening. Like, can you imagine someone pitching you on an idea but having a Bengal tiger? Like, how do you say no <laughs> I don't to think, that idea? I, I don't think you do. I don't think you do. I think you get that meeting over as fast as possible. You just yes, whoever it is to death. And <laughs> yeah, just hope you get out of there. I imagine Michael Eisner was just sitting there shaking with the tiger there. And then after the tiger left, he was still sitting in the boardroom shaking and he was just like, I don't know what happened, but I think I just, I think I just agreed to a new theme park. Oh my God, there was a tiger in here. I blacked out. Like, I actually <laughs> really see that happening. Yeah. yeah. So, so maybe, <laughs> I like that visual. So maybe Joe Rody just scared Michael Eisner to death to cause Animal Kingdom. Who knows? But either way, we're glad it exists. So anyways, moving on to the next portion of my little history lesson here for you fine folks. Basically, beyond presenting that, originally slated as Disney's Wild Animal Kingdom, Disney announced plans for the construction on the park in 1995, the year Jared was born, pretty crazy, at an estimated cost of 600 to $800 million, uh, which is ironic because now that would like build like maybe one ride. Um, but yeah, right. also, uh, the design of the theme park, Disney Imagineers traveled to Africa Asia, all over the place globally. And another little fun fact that I like to add in here that I found was uh, they collected seeds from 37 different countries to plant trees there. So really did their due diligence. Um, 
And Kristen, can you explain what the term beastly kingdom is? Because frankly, oh, yes, I have Jared, no I idea what it is. I, I mean, I've heard about it. I've read it. But like that term Westcott, I don't understand it. I don't know what it means. So I, go ahead. Okay. So um, much back then uh, in the late 90s, you had a lot going on with uh, Disney. So they had announced all the, you know, Animal Kingdom and they're building this park. And one of the original lands that they had uh, was called Beastly Kingdom. And it's over, it was supposed to be where Pandora is now, where Camp Minnie Mickey originally was. And it was a land that was focused completely on mythical creatures. So there was supposed to be um, like a ride with a big dragon in it. Uh, There was a unicorn, like a unicorn was in it at one point. You know, you couldn't, there's so many outlets that have written about some of the proposed thing and you can Google a lot of the artwork. And that's why on the benches and some of like the logo, the animal kingdom logo, you'll notice right smack dab in the middle, there's a dragon. And that's the reason why is that it was supposed to be for beastly kingdom. Now what you had going on in the late nineties, another little history lesson is that Euro Disney was not doing so great. Thank you, Michael Eisner. Mm. So, no. They're building Animal Kingdom. They're already over budget. You have Euro Disney hemorrhaging money. You had a whole bunch of other projects that weren't really going so so hot. So they had to make the decision. They had to start cutting some stuff from the budget. And sadly, Beastly Kingdom wound up on the cutting room floor. They decided to move. It was either that or Dinosaur or dinos- like Dinoland. And they went with Dinoland. And um, they had planned to do Beastly Kingdom after the fact. But... It never happened. I believe the rumor is, is that because they thought it would be too similar to, and again, I'm not a universal person, so maybe a universal person can chime in and let me know, or Jared, I know you're very familiar with universal, but that whole um, mythical area in Islands of Adventure, mm-hmm. like the dueling dragons, yeah, ro- yeah, like they thought yeah. it would be too similar to that. So that's why they went with Dino Land and then they wound up scrapping it into what is now Pandora. And then that's why you had Camp Mini Mickey that was there, which if you guys are a little bit older like me, there really wasn't much over in Camp Mini Mickey. It was just a bunch of like meet and greets and there really wasn't a lot there because there was no money for anything. Mm-hmm. So that is the story of Beastly Kingdom, the much abridged story of Beastly Kingdom. You know, I think the real answer to this whole situation is to retheme Dino Land to Beastly Kingdom and do a whole just just full circle moment here where we rewrite history for a second. No, all I'm saying is they went with they went with Dino Land and Dino Land is is literally the land that's always rumored to get rethemed. So yeah, I'm not saying Beastly Kingdom would have been the answer, but I do think it's ironic that the option they went with has been you know, asked to be yeah. rethemed for a long period of time. Yeah, there's been rumors to retheme that to Indiana Jones and to, I mean, the rumors to retheme that have been going on for, I, I feel like decades. Um, yeah, I feel like in some ways we did get Beastly Kingdom with Pandora because you, the whole point was this like mythical creature land. Mm-hmm. And with Pandora, you really do get that. You know, you have the, the you know, obviously, yeah. Uh, Oh, goodness gracious. The ride, the big ride there that I can't think of the name Flight of. Flight of Passage. I literally looked at it today. Flight of Passage. <laughs> I've taken, Flight of Passage. Thing. I've taken 600 photos of it just this <laughs> week alone, but that's fine. Um, you have Flight of Passage, which again is very centered on the Navi, which is a mythical people, and the Banshees, which is a mythical creature. So I feel like in some ways that space of land did 
you know, get what it was originally intended to get in some ways. Um, But I mean, the concept art for all of the Beastly Kingdom stuff just looks so cool. You know, I, I, and like Westcott, like you brought up, you know, the, the concept art always looks so cool, you know, and then to just have it know that you're never going to get to see it come to fruition is kind of a bummer. It's a bummer, but you know what? Maybe this begs the question as what lies behind Pandora at Disney's Animal Kingdom? Let's... More space for more Pandora. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We were just joking before this episode about the uh, 2022 D23 and how the mm-hmm. panel felt almost like like a like we were all part of Disney's board meeting for like yeah they were doing plans. a survey they were like yeah. they were saying they were like, they were like what do you think if we. <laughs> And I and I know so many Disney fans joked about that, but it was kind of funny watching that in real time because it was like Villains Land, yes, yeah, and Kanto, Moana Land. There was there was like a bunch of we are thinking about this (laughs) instead of announcements on attractions. So so actually, which reminds me, now that Tron is open, um, I believe. We don't have a single Walt Disney World attraction like ride in development right now, as far as I know. Yeah, not like a pub. I'm going, I'm thinking, I can't think of, I mean, like, do we consider Journey of Water? Because that's an attraction that's, that's in development, but know. it's not a ride. I don't know. But either way, I digress. This episode's about Animal yeah. Kingdom. But I just wanted to mention a, a, that quick Quick little tidbit because it, it honestly made Kristen and I laugh. And everybody I talked to uh, that loves Disney kind of laughs about D23 last year. So either way, uh, one of my big theories, ironically, when I joke about what lies beyond Pandora was that they were going to make an expansion for Pandora. Um, and I do think it's still possible down the line. They did announce that an Avatar experience is coming to Disneyland. So it is entirely possible. But Regardless, going back a little bit into the history and sort of how we got here, obviously Kristen just gave you some details on how Beastly Kingdom almost came to pass but didn't. When that got shifted and when Joe Rohde and the team started shifting gears, they started focusing and leaning more heavily into conservation. And conservation is obviously the central theme of Animal Kingdom. But what a lot of people don't know is technically a zoo and uh, treated almost as if, obviously. And it's the most visited zoo in the world for that reason. It's the second most visited park in Walt Disney World, only behind Magic Kingdom. Which is shocking to me, by the way. It is kind of crazy. But I think a lot of that has to do with space. Like from from a how many people can fit in that park situation, like we're talking about, you know, 580 acres, which... is the largest theme park in the world. Not just Disney, the largest theme park in the world, which brings me to my next point, its location, which is obviously very far away from the other three parks. And sometimes I hear people complain about that. Well, let your pal Jared explain why. Animals, all right? We, they, Disney was specifically trying to look out for these animals. That's why you can't hear fireworks over there. You can't see the fireworks over there. It's it's important because they didn't want to frighten or mistreat the animals for any reason. So yes. 
it, it is a distance away um, in location, but uh, it definitely makes up for it in like surface area, you know? Yeah. I remember back in the day um, when Animal Kingdom first opened and this is before Disney's really big push to go green and have, you know, no straws or paper straws in animal kingdom. You could only get paper straws. They didn't have any plastic because they didn't want um, the straws to in any way, find their way into the animal enclosures. And it was the same Mm -hmm. at animal kingdom lodge too. I mean, now Disney doesn't even give you a straw (laughs) unless you ask. And then they're like, here's this paper straw for you or those cellulose ones. But yeah, so back then, again, like they were very deliberate, you know, in thinking about the animals and how the surroundings were going to affect them, even down to the straws. So, yeah, and I and I always did appreciate that. And one of the things that I find really incredible about this park specifically is how it has such a centralized theme and it is noticeable throughout the entire park, which outside of, I would say, maybe Disneyland, I don't. I can't really think of any other park that has that like magic kingdom. I, I suppose still does still has the heart of what it was made shooting for. Um, but like when you yeah. go to animal kingdom, you can go to any land and you still feel that centralized theme of wilderness yeah. of adventure of nature of conservation. That's, that's not always the case. I mean, Hollywood studios, I love Hollywood no. studios, but it's, it's been going through an identity crisis. It doesn't know what it is, who it is. It, no. It's confused <laughs> to put it mildly. Confusing. It's confusing. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's yeah, no, okay. definitely. That, that's definitely the case. I think one of the things that I like about it, again, from my perspective, I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old is they don't always agree (laughs) on what they want to do but they really both of them really love animal kingdom there really is um a decent amount of stuff to do there for and you could say this about every disney park obviously but i feel like for some reason in animal kingdom there's just a lot less fighting for me as a mom with my kids um you know my daughter likes to look at the animals and they like to do the shows and you can just walk around there and not do anything which I don't know. I mean, maybe in the World Showcase you can kind of do that, but really I can't. I'm hard-pressed to think of another area in Walt Disney World that you can just kind of stroll and take it all in um, mm. and not have your kids be, like, so bored that they're losing their minds. And that is – that's the place for us. I mean, there's a lot to see you just – even as you're walking, you see the monkeys and, you know, there's the boats, the flotillas are coming by, and there's just always something to grab their attention. Um so like I said, I, I appreciate it from that standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no denying you'd be hard pressed to find someone who tells you that there's a more beautiful theme park than Animal Kingdom. I mean, it, it's hard to even look at it as a theme park because there's yeah. paths that I walked down there. We were seeing these incredible waterfalls and obviously the Tree of Life was is filled with detail and it's so gorgeous. And, you know, obviously Pandora is so well-made. Like I, I sometimes walk around there and I'm like, this is crazy. Like someone who's never been here before is going to walk in and be like, what is this place? Like it, it really, it transports you to a different world. And, and I think that is what makes the park so amazing. And, and I think that's, that's what at least has made me appreciate it over the years. And, and I think, um, I think, most people as well. So 
Yeah, I remember when it opened because I was not a little baby like Jared. I was a fully functioning, um, probably a teenager at that point. What are you and, talking about? Um, I was I was a mature three year old. All right. <laughs> okay, I was literally in high school, but that's fine. That's neither here nor there. Um, but I remember when it opened. You know, I I grew up with Disney, so I had a lot of like core memories of the other three parks, and I remember going to Animal Kingdom and being like, okay, it's fine. Like, it's beautiful, blah, blah, blah. You know, any like any typical teenager at that point. But I, there was like a period in my life when we would come down here on vacation that I wouldn't even really bother going to Animal Kingdom because I kind of didn't have those memories there. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's nice. But, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of only was in my, like, you know, probably mid 20s, late 20s, even into my 30s that I was like, oh, wow, like this place is so much more than like my teenage brain realized at the time you know and again there's been a lot of you know they've added stuff obviously but um yeah so like it i i you know whenever people would ask like oh where should i go i always kind of steered them away from animal kingdom and if that's if that's you i'm very sorry that i did that to you because it gosh i know I know. It's, Younger it, Kristen was, she had no idea. What did she, what did she know? What did she know? It's all right. Uh, Younger Jared thought that I could become a Jedi someday. Until the age of like 10, I was convinced like there was a career path there. Like I, I understood it was like, you know, difficult and I'd probably have- A long like, shot, but you could do you know, it. Yeah. Like I'd figure out the whole space thing and all that. But like, you know, once I figured yeah. out how to go to- in fact, a galaxy far, far away that in my mind did in fact exist. I I could probably be a Jedi. So, you know, it's all right. We're not going to judge our younger selves here. Yeah. The point is, is that I grew up and my mother, this was her favorite park. So, mm-hmm. and this was before Pandora even existed. Um, and I remember the first time going there in 2004, going to the Disney parks in general on a big trip. Um I was, we were seeing the construction of Expedition Everest and seeing all the tracks and being like, ooh, that looks cool. And obviously it's it's unique going there now and how infamous that ride is. But, you know, I just find that park very specifically, like it, it knows what it is and it leans so heavily into it. And I think that's what makes it so special um, mm-hmm. because, again, we talk about Epcot, which many people feel has lost its way over the years, Hollywood Studios, obviously many people feel that way. You know, I think Animal Kingdom never really lost it and seamlessly added an incredible expansion in 2017 in Pandora. And it's very difficult to add a large expansion like that and have it be like universally loved and it by... By the casual theme park goers, by the Avatar fans, but by the people that aren't huge Avatar fans, like everybody loves Pandora, and that's that's impressive. So, big yeah. shout out to them for that. But we're gonna we're gonna switch into some more specifics on things that we love. Our recommendations for you, if you don't know much about Animal Kingdom or have only gone there a handful of times, or maybe previously you spoke with Kristen and she was like, "Don't go to Animal Kingdom." We're going to tell you why you should go to Animal Kingdom, okay? Because past Kristen, who's not on this podcast, we got we got present Kristen today, 
and she's she's got different yeah. things to say. So before we jump into that, I'm going to talk about Mickey Travels as I do in the middle of every single one of our episodes. But this episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast is sponsored by Mickey Travels. And Mickey Travels is a nationally recognized leader in Disney vacation planning. They are diamond earmarked by Disney and their services are always 100% free. Reach out to Mickey Travels today for a free quote on your Disney vacation at mickeytravels.com. That's mickeytravels.com, making magic one vacation at a time. Now, obviously, when it comes to planning a trip and when you're trying to figure out going to Animal Kingdom, there's a lot involved with planning that trip and making sure that day at Animal Kingdom goes smoothly where you get to experience everything. That's where Mickey Travels can come in for you. They are completely free to you. These are Disney vacation planners who can plan it all for you, book it all for you. You just give them you just give them your basic needs and information and they'll take yeah. it from there. So definitely. I heard reach a family today, they were in Animal Kingdom and the mom was like the kids were very cranky and she was like, I'm sorry, there's just not a lot for you to do here. And they were little, like smaller kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, What? <laughs> no, 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 there's plenty like they're they could have used a Mickey Travels agent because there's have. plenty for little kids to do there. Yeah, I was not... like, do I say something? Like, what am I, what's my responsibility here? What do I do? She's like, you could bring them on a bug's life and have them get scarred for life if you want. Okay, well, that I probably would not have recommended. But I mean, like, I, I again, this is a great reason why you use a planner so you're not sitting there wondering like missing out on all of the great stuff for your kids to do because it's there you just don't know where to find it so i mean i say this all the time um i am still learning things about these parks and i guarantee you you'd be very hard pressed to find another human being on planet earth who has been to the disney parks more than i have there there's a select group there and i'm being dead serious like we go to the parks i would say over 200 times a year uh, you know it, it's that many days out of the year that we're in a I Disney actually park, calculated so. it for 2022 and I don't remember what it was but it was like a lot of hours yeah so <laughs> so what I'm saying is Heavy. like if I'm going that much and I'm still learning things about these parks odds are even if you've been to the Disney parks a time or two it would still pay off to use a planner where they can tell you expert advice on where to go and what to eat and and all that so let's get into that kind of stuff because i want to talk about some specifics about this park because we we sort of went on like a general rant with our appreciation for the park how it came to be you know everything but let's talk about lands first and then we're going to talk about dining options and attractions we'll talk about our favorites and why and you know, maybe, maybe not some of our not so favorites, but that's okay. It doesn't mean we aren't appreciating Animal Kingdom. We got a whole episode dedicated to it. Um, trust me, when we do the Epcot episode, Kristen will just talk and talk and talk, but it's okay. Instead, she I has to Epcot. just keep me in check. All right. So let's jump into the lands. There's six theme lands at Animal Kingdom. That's Oasis, Discovery Island, Pandora, which opened up in 2017, Africa, Asia, and Dino Land. And on top of that, the park has four table service restaurants, such as Rainforest Cafe, Yak and Yeti, Tusker House, and Tiffin's. And there are seven quick service restaurants at Animal Kingdom as well. Flame Tree Barbecue, Pizza Fari, Satuli Canteen, Restaurant Saurus, Tamu Tamu Refreshments in Africa, Harambe Market in Africa, and Yak and Yeti Local Foods Cafe in Asia. So jumping into this, 
when you think about Animal Kingdom, Kristen, like what are the what are the food places that that you feel like you got to talk about in terms of people who maybe haven't been here before or haven't been here many times? Um, well, the great thing about Animal Kingdom, too, with food is, yes, there's all those sit-down restaurants, which are good. There's all of those quick service, but there's just the little carts, too, that, like, Eight Spoon Cafe and um, Mr. Kamal's that has, like, the seasoned fry. Mm. Like, there's so many little nook places to find good eats around Animal Kingdom. Um, they're not always all open. Sometimes, uh, what's the, the one I can never remember its name, Caravan Road that has like the icy kind of slushy things that's not open all year round. But there's so many great things like that. Um, if you've never been before, I generally recommend or would guide somebody towards Flame Tree Barbecue as a quick service option. Um, Everything is delicious. They have this macaroni and cheese that has pulled pork on it and onion rings. And it's so good. And it's huge, but it's filling and you could share it. Um, just really good barbecue. I feel like Disney has a lot of barbecue places and not all of them are good. But this one is pretty good. Um, I uh, really love Tiffin's. That is a signature dining experience. So it is a little bit pricier. And if they ever do bring back the dining plans, it would then... If the dining plan is the same, it would be two credits. Um, but that one's a great, great location. The theming in there is beautiful. The service is wonderful. Um, great character, like character brunch too over there uh, at Tiffin's. That's at Tusker House. Tusker House. Sorry, that's sorry. I'm thinking of a different thing. This is I why this Tusker House is so. <laughs> Tusker House is great. <laughs> My kids, we did that one for the first time um, a couple of years ago because you know they were just kind of getting into that character dining thing. And um, that one, the food is so good. There's so many options. I feel like with buffets and with some, even when they kind of all went to family style during or after the pandemic, just the options were not always are great at, at some of the buffets. I don't know. Like, yeah. Am I crazy? I, I don't know. But like Tusker House always like the food was so good. The options are great. And I find that the character interactions at that one are just off the charts. Like my son was having a meltdown. He was maybe like two and like he had like three characters over by him, like trying to cheer mm -hmm. him up and like, you know, pl you know, playing around with him. And they spend so much time at your table, even during the pandemic, when it was all kind of like from afar and you could just wave to them. They were still like really spending that time with you which is like that's why you're there right to make these memories with your family and with your kids and so to have that those pictures and those memories at tusker house like they won me over with the character interaction so that one is an amazing amazing one to go to those well, are mine i'm, I'm glad i ones. messed up tiffins and brought it up so yeah no i i always went to tusker house that was like the one place that my family used to go to usually we went for brunch um, because it does have that big buffet and, you know, the characters are great. And what's great about the main characters that are over there, obviously you get Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, uh, Pluto, but like they are decked out in a different outfit. So they, they have their safari gear on, which I think is really unique because, yeah. you know, there's certain outfits that you can't find everywhere and you're certainly not going to find that really anywhere else, but animal kingdom. So that's really, really cool. Um, for those of you who didn't know that, if you want a character experience at Animal Kingdom, if you want a unique character experience and also get some unique food, 
definitely check that out. Um, Tiffin's I have eaten that a few times. Um, always typically had a good experience, but I do think from the price point, mm. I would rather eat at Tusker House. That's just yeah. my personal opinion. But um, either way, uh, jumping into a few of the other ones, I know a lot of people love Yak and Yeti. Yak and Yeti is located in Asia. And what I, again, this is what I mean about still figuring things out. Okay. So Miranda, who is on um, our Mickey blog team, you're going to see her a lot on our YouTube channel. Um, Miranda and I covered an event at Animal Kingdom a few weeks ago. And while we were there, she brought me into Yak and Yeti and brought me up to this little bar. And I'm in there and I'm like, I had no idea this little bar existed. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a whole nother side of that story that I'll uh, – I'll keep to myself because there's certain secrets that I discovered about Animal Kingdom and some of these bars that I also I, I don't want to say on the podcast because I don't want the whole world to know. I, I you know I got to keep some of these things to myself. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but either way, there is a little bar in there, and people are really really in love with a lot of the Asian food at Yak and Yeti. So yeah, if you delicious. haven't gone to check that out, yeah. So. Just a, just a brief mention about that, but that's mostly what we'll talk about when it comes to the table service, at least. Um, I know Kristen touched a little bit upon quick service, like Flame Tree. I always enjoyed Flame Tree, but for me, my number one quick service that I'm always going to recommend at Disney World in general is Satuli Canteen. Mm. Um, I know even if you're not an Avatar fan, um, because you might walk in a Satuli Canteen and be like, what am I looking at? Um you know, like most people when they go into Star Wars land and they don't know Star Wars, but Satuli Canteen is excellent. Picture like a much better version of like a Chipotle bowl where like you can make your own bowl, whether it's rice or salad or chicken or steak, like all of that. There's cheeseburger pods, there's unique desserts. It's, it's very cool. Yeah. So. I like that place. I do find that like sometimes I tried to eat healthier there and I feel like the things that I chose which is totally on me like didn't wind up being a great choice <laughs> but that's me and my own fault for trying to eat healthy when I'm in Disney World like who does that um yeah. but even the like their kids like hot dog it's like wrapped in this crescent roll is so delicious the cheeseburger pods like you said are so good so yeah you can don't be me trying to eat really healthy on your Disney vacation. Just so, go, go all in. <laughs> Kristen, can you explain to someone what a cheeseburger pot is? Because I guarantee you there's someone listening who's like, what are they talking about? It's like a, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like a bow bun, right? It's like a yeah. steamed yeah. like bun. And then inside it tastes like a McDonald's cheeseburger, to be quite honest with you. It it's mm -hmm. just has that, that flavor. Um, it's delicious. You can get them. I think they're on the kids menu and on the adults menu, if I'm not mistaken. They're really good. And I feel like they purposefully taste very similar to McDonald's because they wanted, I believe, if I'm recounting the story that I heard correctly, they wanted a taste that would appeal to many people. And that is kind of the standard I <laughs> the golden arches is the golden standard of the like flavors that people like so yeah yeah i mean they're really good they're different if you just need like a quick snack or you want like a full meal i recently maybe it was it was probably a couple months ago now but time flies i tried their new items there 
uh, mm-hmm. for the blog. And it's like a new margarita and a new dessert and then a new bowl. And first of all, it was beautiful. Everything was so colorful and stunning and everything was absolutely delicious. And that's when I was kind of like, oh, I should really give these bowls another chance because this one was so good. Um, I'm sure the other I, ones are just as good when you choose correctly. <laughs> you know, it's okay. We're not gonna we're not gonna rag too much on past Kristen, even if she told everyone to not go to Animal Kingdom. Even she spent if she a lot of time on Pleasure orders. Island, so she probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we get we can't fully listen to all of her best judgment here, but it's all right. All right, again. Uh, once I learned at 11 years old that I couldn't be a Jedi someday, I started realizing that maybe my past self didn't know everything. So that's all right. Definitely. Anyways, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so another quick mention here is obviously there are other quick service locations, and I think it's important to mention them for family's sake. Pizza Safari is super easy. It's quick. You can grab uh, pizza is very similar to Pizza Rizzo in the style of pizza and salads, although they do have like a very good like chicken parm sandwich that you yeah. can get rather quickly. Restaurantosaurus in Dino Land has basically everything um, in terms of yeah. quick and easy theme park food. Um, they also have a lo- um, like a full bar there too. Not a full bar, but they have like a lot of... Yeah, Restaurantosaurus Lounge. Yeah, yeah, they have like a lounge there. So there's like, that's definitely a kind of a one-stop... Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, if, you, it, if you're it, requiring all of those items, <laughs> food and yeah, and, and beyond that, there's Harambe Market in Africa, which has more unique African style food. Yes. And the Simba uh, Cupcake, which has been there for what feels like 27 25 years. years. Yeah. <laughs> <Still> <laughs> no, there. it hasn't, guys, but still. Um, speaking of cupcakes, Animal Kingdom usually has a new cupcake every month. So uh, at usually... least even not even just the like Animal Kingdom as a whole, but they're. Uh, Starbucks Creature Comforts, more than any other park, I swear, has so many interesting themed for whatever is going on treats there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's so fun. Um, yeah. They yeah, have like and a beehive one now. It was so cute. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, I had one of the craziest cupcakes in my life there a while back when they did the uh, grape soda cupcake mm. that was themed for Up. Um, picture biting into a grape flavored cupcake, already weird as is. But what I didn't read the instructions enough. And apparently there was like a, a ball filled with pop rocks in the middle of this cupcake. So instead of like a filling, like, you know, cream cheese or chocolate oh no you didn't was read like, the placard so you didn't know no didn't read the placard so i just i just went in there took a giant bite oh goodness and like one i felt like i bit into a golf ball and i was like what did i just eat like what did someone sneak a golf ball into my cupcake oh, turns out someone was not trying to sneak a golf ball into my cupcake but Inside of said fake golf ball, there was a billion purple Ooh. hop rocks. So then my mouth was just fireworks yeah, like exploding. It was it was a crazy experience. Anyways, nobody like, cares about this. So <laughs> no, I feel like it brings up a good point because I feel like Disney has trends that they like food trends. So like pop rocks is one that I'm seeing a lot now. Like they're just putting pop rocks and whatever they can 
Um, they go through it with like the boba pearls. That was like a big one. And that you can still, that they're still kind of on that one. Like every drink mm-hmm. for a while had those boba pearls in it. Like every theme drink that came out had it in. Now for, now it's like, like I said, the pop rocks, um, I'm seeing them kind of again, which I, that's a culinary thing that I'm not under mm-hmm. so sure. But yeah, Disney does that. And honestly, often at animal kingdom because they're themed, you know, desserts there, their, their cupcakes are, I mean, I can't think of another park that really thematically combines food with what they have going on as well as animal kingdom does it even for the 25th. Now they have that beautiful elephant cupcake with like the white chocolate elephant and Mm -hmm. the flamingo. That one comes back this time every year, which is just beautiful. Yeah. And really all is which to say their cupcakes are gorgeous and very fun to take pictures, but make sure you read the placard because there might be a bunch of, you know, yes. pop rocks. Read our reviews cupcake. on Mickey blog first. So that way yeah. you'll know exactly. what to do. I do. I do want to make a mention of before we get, we're going to end the episode with attractions and rides, of course, and shows and all the, the main stuff you do when you go to a theme park. But for my fellow, I need a beer at a theme park people out there. I do want to make a quick mention on lounges and bars because I do think um, Animal Kingdom has some pretty fun themed lounges and bars. For example, in Asia near um, Everest is Thirsty River Bar with a lot of Asia and Everest themed, Mm -hmm. you know, um, beverages. Obviously, you got the Tambu Lounge, which is a very popular theme park bar and many people among many people's favorite bars out there in a theme park, but um, you can stop by uh, Pangu Pangu, right? Mm-hmm. In uh, in uh, Avatar to grab those frozen margaritas there that are very, yeah. very good. That's where they have the um, green beer too. Yeah, and then the Dawa, Dawa Bar in Africa. Um, so Nomad there's a Lounge lot of- is absolutely beautiful. That's like the, the lounge attached to Tiffin. So you can get little yeah. bites too from the restaurant there if you don't want to spend a ton of money going into the mm-hmm. restaurant. And then they have really great drinks there. They have really good um, non-alcoholic drinks too there. When I was pregnant, that was one of the stops that we would always make because my husband could get a real drink and then I could get something that was actually tasty but had no alcohol in it. Um, so a little yeah. tip there for all the mamas. Yeah, I agree that there's really great drinks and bars in that park more so, again, than I'm trying to think of another. I mean, Epcot, yes, obviously, but I mean. Well, it's funny, though, because I've I've spoken and hung out with uh, people who, let's just say, drink at Disney a lot. And a lot of people that I've hung out with that, you know, go to the parks to grab drinks and have fun. Um a lot of them actually prefer drinking at Animal Kingdom to Epcot and other parks because Epcot obviously is, you know, popular for drinking around the world and everything and festivals are great. But I think the theming of the specific bars you're getting at Animal Kingdom and the kind of cool drinks you can get makes it very unique. And Nomad Lounge is awesome. And obviously Restaurantosaurus Lounge is a little hidden secret over there. So there's a lot of great spots. But let's get into the main part of our episode before we wrap up today. We're going to talk about all the attractions and some of our favorites and and everything like that. So starting from the top, you got the the Avatar Flight of Passage, obviously a very popular, you know, um, attraction. It is 
one of the best and most popular attractions in the world, for that matter. Um, the Boneyard, I know Kristen's favorite place to hang out is the Boneyard, so I had to mention that. Listen, Disney uh, needs more places where children can <laughs> run free, and Boneyard provides that, so. It's true. If anything, Boneyard needs a little bar for adults where Listen, the Disney. adults this can hang out. This is a million out. bajillion dollar idea. Listen to Jared. Listen. Yeah, it's let true. your kids roam free. The Boneyard Bar, you know, yeah. and you can serve cocktails in bone-shaped souvenir cups. Yeah. Exactly. Why am I not an Imagineer? That's I really all. don't know. Anyway. I really don't know. <laughs> and then obviously the very infamous dinosaur. Shout out to our producer Jesse, who uh, loves it far more than Kristen and I love it, but it's okay. Expedition Everest. The uh, Feathered Friends in Flight, Festival of the Lion King, a very fun show. Finding Nemo, another fun show. It has been reimagined yeah, recently, recently, but it's tough to be a bug. Also one of Kristen's favorites. She just loves it. No. Uh, Cali River Rapids, Kilimanjaro no. Safaris, and then there is meeting some of your Disney pals at the Adventures Outpost, such as Mickey and Minnie in their expedition outfits navi river journey and uh the triceratop spin so going through all that and beyond that beyond the safari there's also a few animal trails that you can enjoy yes. too which i always recommend to people because the animal trails are gorgeous the cast members that work there are highly educated and they take care of these animals so they can like walk you yeah. through their habitats um but going through all of that kristen like what are a few must-dos spots that you always recommend to people even if you don't specifically like them yeah like so, when someone's reaching out to you and like hey Kristen I'm going to Animal Kingdom what do you recommend I think the experience that like I have at Animal Kingdom with my children is a very different one than like you and your wife are having <laughs> so like <laughs> uh for us again like and it, we go to this park a lot because my kids really like it they um really like Navi River Journey they like the part where like the frogs are jumping on the leaves. Um, so they're not really in like, and again, my kids are not into like thrill rides. So my husband will usually, you know, do single rider on Everest. I think they had single rider. Maybe they don't. I like yeah. that. Yeah, they do. So like he'll kind of do that stuff and we'll wait for him. But yeah, my kids like Navi River Journey, the trails. One day last summer, we just went in and only did the animal trails. We didn't do any like ride, ride attractions, no shows. We just did that, uh, got some snacks and my kids had the best time. Like you would think <laughs> that we, I, I, like, it's so amazing to me that you can <laughs> spend all this money and stress out about the rides, but really they were just, they saw some otters. They saw a hippo and it was like 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, <laughs> the best day ever. Like the pictures from that day is just everybody smiling and like no meltdown. So highly recommend parents, local parents, yeah. just go walk some animal trails. Um, they don't like tough to be a bug. So we don't usually do that. Um, the Lion oh King God. show. I mean, my goodness, it's changed a little bit now post pandemic, but it's still amazing. Um, my kids sit quietly and watch that mouths agape at just the performers. And it's just so cool. Um, yeah, I have to agree. I think if you're into Broadway shows, Broadway musical, Broadway productions, um, and I know Kristen 
recently covered an event for us on board the Disney Dream. So she got to see some of those Broadway style mm-hmm. shows, uh, which you and Jesse talked about in our Disney Cruise episode, if you want to go check that out. And but, I grew up in New Jersey, a stone's throw yeah. away from the actual Broadway. Exactly. I was 20 so minutes you, away. You got, you got much more experience than I do in regards to Broadway style shows, but Everybody that I talk to has always told me that like that is Broadway yeah. quality type of It absolutely is. The talent and like those performers not only can sing and you know dance but then you also have like the acrobatic portion of it with the tumble monkeys and then you have like a flamethrower and you know you have then the aerial acrobatics going on. So it's like you they are so skilled in so many ways. And that show just has something for everyone. Um, You know, my stepdad is big into theater. So I remember the first time and he had never been to Disney growing up or anything like that. So the first time that, you know, we actually got him to come down and go to Disney on vacation, we were like, all right, (laughs) this is what's going to get him to come back. (laughs) Like take him to these shows because again, he's big into theater and loves that stuff. So, and yeah, lo and behold, it works because they live down here now. So um, yeah. And beyond that, like the, uh, the feathers of flight show near the tree is really amazing. Yeah. Um, I caught the the birds uh, today. Those two can, I don't know what they, they're not two cans parrots. I don't, Again, I'm very sorry for the animal listeners out there, but they like flew right by me, you know, and I was just so overwhelmed. And every time I see it, I am by like, where can you go to see these amazing wild birds? Just they're just flying around, just doing, yeah. the, you know, they just come when they're called. Like it's how they do that is amazing. And they do it several times a day. It's just the coolest thing. The only thing I would say, all right for you fine folks out there. If you have a blonde head of hair mm. that looks sort of like a bird nest, like mine, um, that's why I'm usually wearing a hat for the people who are watching on YouTube or not watching on YouTube. Um, don't stand insanely close to said birds when the bird show starts because let me tell you, I never have gotten so close to having a bird land on my head. See, but than... that's a good story, though. <laughs> oh, it was my friend. So my friend had never been to Animal Kingdom. He had never been to really Disney World. And we took him and he had his his little son who was, you know, eight months old. We oh, put him you. in a Mike Wazowski onesie. And uh, it, it was it was amazing. It was a fun day. But he he was there standing next to me. And the bird show went off and this parrot literally skimmed the top of my head. Like the claw like rubbed up against yeah, my they get close. head and I almost, I almost, um, I almost fainted right there in animal kingdom, but it, it's okay. We learn from this mistake. The point is the shows are very interactive and very cool. Yeah. Uh, so, so go check out the shows, but in terms of like, rides because i know kristen like she said she might have a different perspective and different experience than i might have you and your wife aren't going on triceratops spin i'm you're not that's not a must do (laughs) y'all in the you know i'm not gonna lie (laughs) my wife and i when we just we really have a tough week sometimes we go over to animal kingdom and we just sit on triceratops spins and we just go around it, and around yeah. and around until a smile comes to our face. Sometimes it takes three or four spins, Listen. but eventually it comes. All I know is that I might like Expedition Everest slightly more than Kristen might like it because I know she doesn't like thrill rides. So when it comes to thrill rides, I think Expedition Everest is not only one of the greatest 
theme park rides and roller coasters in the world. Um, I think it's one of the better themed attractions in the world. I think from a designing perspective, Joe Rohde and the Imagineers nailed it. Um, you know, the entire story of trying to avoid this Yeti and it's the Yeti's mountain. And, you know, technically when you think of it that way, like we're really just invading the Yeti's home. Like he's yeah, just like, bro, cool. like get out of my house. Yeah. Like that's, that's he's all that story really is. Allowed to like, be angry with you because <laughs> you're trespassing. Yeah. I mean, how would you feel if someone just like came up in your house and started like really driving really fast all over the place? I'd probably like, not I would, be very happy. That's I even would like probably be upset. The last, I mean, there's no intellectual property associated with that ride. That's kind of the last yep. of that kind of completely original Disney imagineered top to bottom mm-hmm. ride. I mean, really everything that's come after that has been IP. has been tied to some sort of IP. So it's like, I would love for us collectively as a Disney get back into that. Yeah. To kind of get back to that, because like you said, that ride is amazing. I mean, now it is the Yeti is broken and they cannot fix it. But one day, <laughs> the last time I actually rode that ride, that Yeti worked. That's how long. Wow. That's how long. Wow. That's how long it's been. Yes. Incredible. I have witnessed you know, a working Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. I was, I was a, a wee child back when that Yeti worked, yep. but no, I think, I think it's true. I think you just brought up an extremely good point because, you know, that's again, why Joe Rohde as a Disney Imagineer is so revered and so loved because when you think about that like whole time period and, and, that era, you know, the late 90s to the early 2000s, a lot of people call that like the last bit of the golden era of like Disney Imagineering, obviously a time period where like Tower of Terror was brought to the parks and like a lot of original, incredibly themed rides came to pass. Um, and and really whether, like the fact that Kristen, who doesn't like roller coasters is pointing that out, talking about how well themed it is, it just goes to show you you know, that, that it really is that cool of a ride. Yeah. So even the gift shop is beautiful. I mean, I spent a lot of time in the store doing what we do and I mean, even the gift shop is absolutely stunning, you know? So it's like that level of theming to then translate from the attraction into a gift shop. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it really is. It's amazing. And beyond that, um, attraction when it comes to, uh, other places that I have to give a shout out to, um, I think Cali River Rapids is a lot of fun. I know that's a very, very, very hot take for many of you that's out there. That's a really hot take um, that I do not agree with at all. Look, all I'm saying is it's hot out. It's it's well themed and it's it's it fits into Asia. Anyways, let's move on. Um, so <laughs> it's no, tough to be a bug. Wrong. Uh, we're not going to talk about this. Okay, I'm not going to talk about it's tough to be a bug. All right. If you want to feel traumatized by a bunch of beetles it's below not- your bottom then that's your prerogative. I get it. And I know why it's there and it makes sense theming wise, but Disney, there's never a line for it. People do not. Nobody's interested. (laughs) It can be like spring break packed out. I mean, even like, you know, over in Epcot, you have the seas with Nemo and friends with a 60 minute wait, and like tough to be a bug. 10 minutes. You just walk right on when the show's over. Like there's never, nobody's trying to get on that ride. Disney just, you know, I know this might break your heart, but you know what's another attraction that's been stuck at 10 minutes eternally? Muppet Vision. I'm sorry, Kristen, but it might be the case. I'm just saying. Get out. Anyways. <laughs> no, that's not true. I have seen Muppet Vision actually in spring break crowds get 
like up around half hour. So no, it, and take that. Yeah, I, doesn't well, happen often. Reason, I, I'm just trying to get Kristen fired up at the end of our episode because she loves the Muppets. But I do. Okay, so no, and to summarize for our people who don't know what tough to be a bug is it, it is a show and it's a screen show and it's supposed to go and there are some animatronics yes. that are pretty cool but it, it dives deep into you know why bugs are important for our ecosystem and i do like that yes. i like the idea that because like naturally people see a bug and they're just like oh let me kill it let me get rid of that but like bugs are highly important especially bees and to creating a healthy ecosystem so for educational purposes, I love it, but the feeling of a beetle crawling underneath my butt while yeah, I'm sitting like in a stink- seat freaks me out. Yeah, no, the beetle part, Jared, is absolutely correct. It, like, crawls under your seat, and then the stink bug part, I, like, no. <laughs> it, they did it to, they, no. They, Disney, stop with the smells. No. It's, it, no. No. So, Dino Land, we won't dive too deep into it. We talked a little bit about it earlier, but there is the main attraction there, which is Dinosaur. As Kristen mentioned, there's Triceratops Spin, which is very self-explanatory. It's like Dumbo, except shaped like Triceratops, and you go around and around and around. It's great for kids, um, but Dinosaur is a very famous ride over there. Exact same track as Indiana Jones Adventure over in Disneyland. Uh, The entire idea of that attraction is you are going back in time to bring a dinosaur back into present day and trying to avoid a meteor. And let me tell you, as a child, I was very frightened by that because a lot of dinosaurs would jump out at you in the face. So if you are bringing young ones who might get frightened easily, just be aware of that. Very fun attraction, but you know. Just be aware. Yeah, it's very bumpy and it's very dark in there too. Just like darker than it was when I was younger. It's just very dark. So if again, if somebody's not really a fan of not being able to see anything Mm -hmm. for an extended period of time. (laughs) If you're a fan of not being able to see anything. I think I've told you before there was was like a really low weight one time. So I'm like, oh, I'll I'll hop on it and grab footage for us. You know, like, because normally the line is like a half hour, 45 minutes, even when it's not crowded. I'm like, oh my God, guys, it's a walk on. I'm going to grab footage for us. And not remembering that it's just pitch black. Like you can't see anything. I got off and I was like, I got some video of the queue for us, but like, uh, it's pitch black. I know it's dark i'm sorry i just i didn't i i didn't realize that so yeah very very generous of you to provide i tried (laughs) i tried uh, everyone i tried um no but either way it's a very fun ride um in terms of like the excitement beyond it the technology yeah it is getting a little weared down and of course there's lots of rumors that dino land is going to get rethemed but either way it's a fun one. Yeah, it's a fun one. And just the theming in Dino Land, like that whole Chester and Hester area and the theming inside Restaurantosaurus and in the gift shop, like is so detailed. And like Jared was saying, another amazing example of Joe Rody and what he's capable of. Um, mm-hmm. So I really hope, first of all, I'm of the persuasion that they will most likely not do anything with Dino Land. Um, and I hope that I'm correct because I feel like it's so... I hope they beef it up a little bit. You know, I put, I hope they put something where primeval world was, which was kind of an odd, like a carnival ride. And I, again, I understand why they have it there, but I hope they kind of add to that. And if they fix up dinosaur a little bit and kind of lean into it because it's such a great area. Um, Yeah. And I think in an alternate timeline, the good dinosaur made a billion dollars and was as popular as Moana was with children 
and we're not having this conversation. They would just retheme half of it to a good dinosaur, but that didn't happen. Uh, it was one of Disney's lower-rated animated films, and it didn't make a billion dollars. So I think they're struggling with the IP over there because they want people to have something to relate to outside of just dinosaurs. But I personally think yeah. dinosaurs are original enough of an idea where you could just run with it. Yeah. So that's that's my opinion as well. But moving on to the last few that I think we have to mention, we're going to save Pandora for last. I know Kristen spoke a little bit about Navi River Journey, but I think we do have to mention the Kilimanjaro Safaris real quick because in my opinion, this is one of the most unique and incredible attractions yes. you can find, not just at a theme park. One of the most incredible things you can do, because you can go to a zoo and you can see animals in cages and and you know enclosures, but you can do that in almost every city in the world. But you can only really do this if you go yeah. to Africa. Yeah, you know, and so like. I don't know. I just think the theming there, the idea that you get to go on a real safari, see all of these animals, there's hundreds of different animal species out there for you to look at and every ride's different, you know? Yeah, I agree. So. That's the ride. You know, if you're going and you only have time to do one thing or you're not sure, like that's, that's the thing you do. It just is. And you can do it again and again and again. Cause like you said, it's just, it's new, you know, it's always, every ride is different. Um, you're always going to see, or, you know, something crazy will happen. I know I've been on it and it's just had to stop because there's a zebra crossing, <laughs> you know, crazy stuff like that yeah. happens that, you know, doesn't happen literally anywhere else. So I agree. It's yeah, that's the attraction. That's the one to do. Yeah, it, it really is. It's, it's just so incredible and it's a breathtaking experience. Um, and I have a lot of fond memories on it. So, but to wrap things up, we got to talk about the newest land to Animal Kingdom and now becoming one of the more famous theme lands in in the world, and that's Pandora. And Pandora obviously opened up in 2017. The project was actually led by James Cameron, who obviously directed and is the creator of the Avatar franchise, but Joe Rohde played a huge role in this. This was basically Joe Rohde's final big project before he uh, no longer worked at the company. So really went out with a bang because... I love Star Wars, okay, and I think Galaxy's Edge is very cool, but when I think of two two places really at a theme park that take my breath away, one is Diagon Alley at Universal Studios. I'm not even a huge Harry Potter fan, and I still think it's one of the most well-themed areas in theme parks. And then Pandora, I think it's so incredible. Nighttime, it's incredible. Daytime, it's incredible. It's to me, if I have a few must-dos for guests, you got to do it. You got to go there just to see it. Uh, and I do recommend seeing it at day and night. But Kristen, what are your thoughts over there? I know you talked a little bit about yeah. uh, Navi River Journey too. Um, I agree with you. I think – let me take it way back. I remember when I first heard the announcement that they were going to theme it to Pandora. And I was like, what in the what? I mean, here you had Universal <laughs> working on Harry Potter. and Like of mm -hmm. all the things – like – you know, why not just Beastly Kingdom? Come on, you have the you yeah. have the projects. Yeah, I was super skeptical. I uh, have only seen pieces of the original Avatar movie. I have not even seen the whole thing. I've never seen the sequel, um, so I have like literally no point of reference for any of what you know. It just seemed like such an odd choice to me. Um, now, years later, I am continually shocked 
that I care about the land as much as I do, that it's gotten me to care about it as much as I care about it, that I think so highly of it because it is, it's just, it's beautiful. Um, the attention to detail with the bioluminescence, um, the merchandise again, like everything down to the tags is different to really just make you feel like you Mm. are somewhere else. Uh, Navi river journey, I think is a cute ride. I think that there was a lot of missed opportunities with that ride. I think it probably should have started outside. So you could have taken advantage of some of that beautiful landscaping. Mm. Um, Sort of like a Disneyland, it's a small world thing. Yeah, I think that yeah. there's probably, and to make it a little bit longer, it's pretty short, you know? So if you're waiting 50 minutes for a tiny little ride like that, I think you got to give the people something. Um, I, and again, the showstopper yeah. is that audio animatronic at the end, the Shaman, which is like the most technologically mm-hmm. advanced one that they've ever done. And it is, it's incredible to watch it. I mean, you could see the, you know, the lips moving and the, you know, the wrinkles on the face, the brows furrowing. It's it's amazing. Um, I do wish again that I feel like there's a little bit of missed opportunity there. And then, yeah, Flight of Passage is amazing. The food, yeah. everything. I mean, it's just, it's its incredible. And again, I'm shocked. <laughs> I care about it as much as I do. Because, mm-hmm. again, I have no desire to see the movies, really. I mean, I'm sure I will. But. And, that's, and that's like a true indictment of how amazing it is. It, because when you think about it, how many places can you go to that's like themed after something that you don't care about, but you love it. Yeah. Like that's, that's rare. And you don't and need I think, to see the movies. That's the thing. Like I yeah. galaxy's edge. I feel like you kind of need to know a little bit about star Wars. Like they have the ships everywhere mm-hmm. and they have the characters walking around. And like, if you don't know, yeah. you do kind of feel like a little, I know what this is, but with Pandora, I feel like you can walk into it as someone that has no point of reference and still be like, all right, this is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And frankly, to before we wrap this up like my number i believe i ranked it yeah number two on when we did our list of favorite attractions when we did our top five rides at walt disney world episode go check that out if you'd like to hear kristen get offended at some of my uh conversations just one of them um um, no but i think flight of passage is number two in terms of the best theme park rides at Walt Disney World. And yeah. and honestly, from a performance-based perspective, it might even be number one for me, but I have such a nostalgia love for Pirates of the Caribbean. It's the only reason why it's number one. But um, taking the nostalgia glasses off. It'll get you every we? time that nostalgia, um, let me tell you. Yeah, they will. Uh, I personally find Flight of Passage so incredible. I remember doing it with my mom for the first time. And it just takes your breath really away. Does. And and I and I think the the technology is incredible. It's like I always tell it's like soaring on steroids. Yeah. But you know, the technology is amazing. And the the fact that they blow the air on your face and feels like yeah, it's you can wind feel it, or the, the banshee breathing under you. Feel I mean it breathing. Yeah. The smells, the water, yeah. like it's it's so immersive. It puts you in that world. It's like to me, it's at the apex of what a theme park ride should be in terms of putting you in this themed yes. world theme land. And so I think for me, it's, it's the greatest thing in animal kingdom. I think the land is the greatest thing in animal kingdom. And I think animal kingdom to wrap up this episode uh, is truly, truly an amazing park. And, and I hope this episode where we fully dove deep into why we love animal kingdom convinces you to take that trip to animal kingdom in the future um, and not to listen to someone like past Kristen, you know, 
And there's plenty to do for kids there. You know, there's lots to do. Again, a Mickey Travels agent can listen to the age of your kids and point you in the right direction and, you know, schedule out your day for you and tell you where to go so you don't miss any of those things. You know, I never thought to go on the trails before I had kids, you know, and that was, mm-hmm. again, missing out because there's really cool. So, so many things yeah. to do and see. Yeah. No, I think, I think, um, Top to bottom, a beautifully themed land, absolutely gorgeous in terms of the views you can get, so picturesque, and uh, just really one of the greatest things that Disney's ever put together. So happy 25th birthday to Disney's Animal Kingdom. Hopefully we get many, many more years of this um, land uh, as we all uh, get older and everything. And I, for one, will continue to go back for the rest of my life because I love it there. Um, but if you enjoyed this episode and you want to see more of our content, be sure to hit that subscribe button and, uh, you know, give us a rating if you can. Uh, we do appreciate reading those and it makes a huge difference, especially on Apple podcasts specifically. Um, but if not, feel free to check out some of our other episodes. We release Makey Blog podcast episodes every single Friday. Sometimes we have guests on where we're diving into specific Disney highlighted guests, but it's always Disney and it's always talking about theme parks, the movies, the streaming service, the cruise line, whatever it is, it's all things Disney. And if you want to see more Mickey blog stuff, head over to the blog, of course, at mickeyblog.com or just head over to our social medias where we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all that fun jazz, as I like to say, and on YouTube as well. But anyways, I digress. Sorry you had to listen to me for 70 minutes. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope you enjoy the next time you go to Animal yep. Kingdom. And uh, just be careful when you go on. It's tough to be a bug because it, You've been in warned. that ride, it, it, yeah, we, we warned you. We tried to, we tried to warn you. So yeah. Anyways, my name is Jared. I'm Kristen. Have a magical Bye. rest of your day.